Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Welcome to another episode of the Scene to Scene podcast. And I hope you have had a wonderful uh, new year. It's already 10 days in. Man, time flew by so quickly. Before you know it, it'll be June and you'll blink. It'll be October and then it'll be 2024. Like time is going by so quickly. Uh, man, uh, we are back to another great clump of episodes and on today's episode i have the young and talented vibrant actress sadie sink whose latest movie is starring alongside hong chow and brendan fraser in the whale which is directed by darren aronofsky but before we get into the whale i want to tell you a little bit about sadie sink and how everything got started with her career and everything. I remember seeing her in The Glass Castle, which was directed by Daniel Dustin Creighton and starring Brie Larson, Willie Harrelson, and Naomi Watts. And Sadie Sink played the younger version of Brie Larson's character. And I remember her being extremely talented and really standing out then. And she made a, she really kind of made a name for herself. Uh, fairly quickly, she began on Broadway as the, uh, title role in the revival of Annie in 2013. And then she went on to appear opposite Helen Mirren in the Tony nominated The Audience, which is directed by Stephen Daltrey in 2017. She, you know, jumped forward a little bit and then she joins the cast of Stranger Things, which is, you know, which can be said, really it helped things take off for her. And she stars in the show as Max, who's a girl who moves to Hawkins with a complicated history and a suspicious streak and she's currently, you know, and seen in the fourth season of the series and, you know, helped bring Kate Bush's song Running Up That Hill to to Gen Z fame as it is today. And she is also on the set filming season five, which she talks about on the episode. Now, her role in The Whale is really interesting because she plays Ellie, who is, well, basically the film is about an obese and reclusive English teacher, Brendan Fraser's character, who tries to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. And she plays Ellie, and she's quite an interesting character. And as she explains on this episode, there's a sort of duality with the character that she had to really work on and, and play up, you know, it was really interesting is how she talks about the difference between filming on a smaller set like The Whale as opposed to filming Stranger Things, which is, you know, a lot of green screen and stuff like that. So, you know, the role of Ellie has already earned her a Critics Choice nomination. And she's also seen in Netflix's Fear Street 2, which is by far the 
best of the trilogy. And she, you know, when I spoke to her, she was overseas. And now I know why, because she recently wrapped a production on Berlin Nobody, which is um, going to be a, an international thriller that stars Eric Bana. She also starred in the NBC hit series American Odyssey, along with Anna Frell, and made guest appearances on a whole bunch of TV shows like The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Blue Bloods, The Americans. And in addition, she was seen alongside Elizabeth Moss and Leif Shriver and Chuck, which premiered, you know, at Tribeca in 2017. Now, on this episode, we, we cover a lot of different things. And she's such an interesting young woman and how she talks about her career and why it was important for her to stay grounded. You know, the difference between shooting on different sets, working with different folks and how she just stays away from all the drama and trouble that sometimes Hollywood could bring to a young actress like that or to child actress. So I really think that this is a, a special episode that you've you've got to get into. And I really like interviewing young folks just to see their perspective on Hollywood and how they're taking in, you know, this crazy amount of attention that they get. So without further ado, let me be quiet and I hope you guys can get into this episode. Thank you so much, Sadie, for appearing on the Scene to Scene podcast. Like, so you're in Europe right now. Just you've been booked and busy like crazy. You <laughs> like you are the that girl. You are the moment. So, how does all of this like feel? You know, right now where you got Stranger Things and the Whale, and you're out in Europe now. Like, how does someone? <laughs> how does someone? You know, who someone like you handle all that and try to keep you know, grounded at the same time. I mean, yeah, I guess the past year has been kind of a whirlwind and especially these last few months, just with all the press, which can feel overwhelming after a bit. But right now I'm, I've, I've been kind of, I've been having to be in Europe for like a few different things, but I've had a few days off to just like do nothing and be with friends, which is nice. And I think balancing it out in that way is that that's always very helpful in like stressful busy schedule yeah and man um I'm trying to figure out where to start because you have <laughs> so much going on you have such a a really sort of robust career to you know be 20 right are you 20 right now 20 yeah yeah you know it's just it's you know it's like an amazing thing and I know that there has to be some pressures that that's there when you talk about, especially like all the media stuff being over overwhelming um, and everything, especially, you know, after, you know, with the, with the sort of buzz that's going on with the whale. Um, is there any type of self-care or anything that you do to sort of, you know, protect yourself from, you know, sort of outside forces getting in your head and just sort of, mm -hmm. you know, turning things into gobbledygook, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, you kind of, you see it happen all the time, but especially with certain sides of the industry, I think it's, it's very easy to start focusing on the wrong things. And for me, 
you know, so far and, and I'll continue to think this way, but like the only thing that's important to me is just the actual work that I'm doing. That's, that's why I do it. And that's kind of, that's my comfort zone. So I think just always placing the most importance on that aspect of everything rather than the noise that comes along with it, um, which can feel draining and time consuming at times, but just kind of quieting that is that's always helpful um and something that like I don't know it has always been like pretty easy for me it's mostly overwhelming right now just in terms of like wow I'd really like to get like a full eight hours of sleep (laughs) right 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 really really lovely um but other everything else like I love the projects that I've worked on so I like promoting them I like talking about it so it all feels like very I don't know, authentic. So I guess that's kind of why I'm, I'm not, you know, going insane after these last few right, weeks. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so when you talk about like projects, let's talk about The Whale. Are you, have you watched Darren Aronofsky's previous films? Yes. I had watched, I was a huge Wait, fan. so you watched Requiem for a Dream too? I did. I probably watched Oh, it. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one messed me up for like a solid like two days afterwards. I'm still messed up years later. So yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't know. I, I always loved his work. Um, it, you know, it, you do get to, there is some disturbing aspects of it, but I think I love the films that like make you think and all of his, all of his projects are like that. So I was a fan of his before he reached out to me about this. Um and I was really surprised when I kind of, when I read the script for the first time, because you hear a Darren Aronofsky project, you're expecting something very, very dark. The Whale certainly is dark, but it felt a little, it felt a slightly more grounded. Um, and I think it probably has something to do because it was like a play before. And we basically, Sam Hunter, the playwright, he adapted the screenplay for this. So all of those qualities and the format of it were very theatrical um, and, and the writing and it just it all taking place in the one apartment. So I think their forces combined made something, you know, I don't know, that we're all very proud of. And I think what I've noticed about his, his films is that they've seemingly gotten smaller in scale, but still have that epic sort of grandiose feel to them I definitely agree with you about the whale feeling more grounded but there's still that that element of surrealism that he adds to all of his all of his films that's still there and as I look over his filmography I'm like okay so you know the the spaces have gotten smaller but the stories are still big and and sort of grandiose in, in that way and when reading the script, which is what you talked about, did you, what was the sort of emotional connection that you had to the character that made you say, you know what, I think this is definitely something for me. I know a lot of people like, oh, what made you think of the role or whatever? What made you take the role? But there has to be some kind of empathy and emotional connection to make one say, yeah, this is, I think this is it. I mean, yeah, we, we did a cold reading of it about a year before production started. Um, so I kind of went in blind for the most part when I read it for the first time. Um, and it's, it's a very difficult character to, 
to be just like cold reading. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. So I, I was like kind of figuring it out in real time. And I left that reading thinking, man, oh God, I will never see any of these people again. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it was probably that just that she was, she was so confusing and half the time I, I just, I kept on going back and forth between whether or not I, I thought she was good, whether I thought she was evil, but at the heart of everything, I did feel a lot of empathy for her. Just kind of playing her and looking at the situation from her perspective, it was probably easier to be more empathetic um, towards what she's chosen to do with her life and the person that she is today. Um, but I think that was that was probably like the biggest challenge was just like really justifying her behavior as much as possible um because you know you can't judge the characters that you play um and with with every character in this I think it's easy to find their flaws but our job is to look past that and try to encourage the audience to do that as well which which can be tricky with with some of these characters for sure I think I definitely think you're right in that especially this particular story where every character sort of has a secret and a flaw and also something good about them. But I think what's so good about the play is that it, it does reflect humanity and how we are, there is a duality in sort of all of us, you know? And Ellie in particular <laughs> evoked really strong conversation after I went to the Lincoln Center premiere at Alice Tully Hall and there was like a group of us outside talking about this particular character and some being like oh man she's like particularly horrible and then me and other people being like well the trauma like hello like you know and so it's I think it's good to always play a character that creates conversation you know, and isn't just sort of flat on the screen and flat on the page. So props to you for that. I know that probably wasn't, was not a, a, a easy, you know, task to take, especially walking in cold and reading some of those lines, You're like, damn, um, you know, and, and what, what was it like working with Aronofsky? And, you know, from what I hear, a lot of it, a lot of his work is collaborative and he really sort of, you know, connects with his actors and gets their point of view to where you both are sort of shaping the role together. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I we had a three week rehearsal period before we started filming, which was very important. Um, and during that time, for the first week, really, we just kind of, I would just have sessions with Darren and we'd just sit down and we'd go through the script and we'd talk about Ellie and, and we'd read a few things. and. For the most part, he would just kind of let me do my thing and then come in every once in a while with like, with a slight direction or something like that, that would just kind of steer me down the right path. But it, it is very collaborative and I, he has a real gift when talking to actors and just helping you further understand your character in a way that never feels invasive. Um, there were times where he would like say things directly to my character, like to me, but to Ellie. Um, and that those were like the most helpful times. And I, just little things like that, little tricks like that, that really just help you get in the moment even more when you're on set. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a difference in, in terms of like his style when we were rehearsing versus like when we were in an onset environment and we were capturing it all. 
Um, but I, I really loved every second of it. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from Darren or that he gave me was just that little push that I needed. The time that we filmed this, I think I was 18, almost 19. And I never had a character this complex before or even this vulnerable in front of a camera before. So the idea of it was kind of intimidating and especially especially the more vulnerable scenes, it, it's, very, it's very exposing. And if you're not used to it, then it takes a while to warm up to it or get comfortable with it. But Darren like really, you know, was able to just give me like a, like encouragement or a little push. Um, and also I think it has a lot to do with the environment. He created a great environment on set. There weren't a lot of us. So you felt very safe. And because of that, I was able to just kind of ring it out and, and leave all of it out there. So yeah, it was definitely like a very um, educational experience that I, I, I've carried with me. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is there something from Ellie that you learned that you would apply to your own life? Hmm. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing with Ellie, she, I, well, because I truly do believe that I, I think there is good in her. It took me a while to like fully like feel firm with that, with that statement. But I, I think after watching it, after everything, I'm like, yeah, there's good in her. And from Ellie, I think the biggest thing that I learned was just allowing yourself to kind of shed that armor, which is so easy to do. It feels so safe when you have like, it can be anything. It doesn't, for Ellie, it's a very tough, angry exterior, but it makes her feel safe and it makes her feel in control. And I think everyone has a slight version of that, um, that we just need. But really with Ellie, I think it was once she let that go that she was able to fully like, I don't know, realize her potential, realize that there is good inside of her. So I think that was, especially after filming the last scene, I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from her. I'm not saying that like, I don't know if I could necessarily do it because it's hard to kind of like let your walls down a little bit. But I think that that's definitely the biggest thing I got from her. Yeah, and I, you know, the character's got a tough exterior, but you, but everybody sort of becomes vulnerable toward the end of that story. And I think that that's what makes the whale so powerful is that there is like, everybody gets an arc that is resolved and that sort of ends with a sort of kindness and a sort of vulnerability and openness uh, <clears throat> toward the end. And I think that that's something that Aronofsky tends to do in his films in general, that is definitely even more on display sort of in this film. And also I'm curious, can you describe, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question without it seeming silly, but 
for obvious reasons, there's a difference between shooting something like the whale and shooting um, something like Stranger Things. But I'm assuming that the more intimate atmosphere helps you learn a little bit more maybe about creating film in general and blocking. And I guess I'm just trying to figure out if you learn more technical aspects by working in a smaller environment or um, is, is a bigger environment more of a sort of breeding ground for learning more because it's bigger? I think, I mean, there is definitely a lot of differences that I noticed. Um, with a show like Stranger Things, the scale is so huge. The sets are so elaborate and they're changing every day. The lighting is so specific. Usually you're talking to like a, a man in a green suit or something to that extent, a tennis ball on a stick. So it can feel very unnatural, but it kind of, I learned a lot from that just because, you know, it's such bizarre circumstances that you're under or, you know, you're, you're le- having to act while you're levitating and just, just weird situations like that. So it's really, uh, you get good training in that sense, just kind of learning to roll with the punches and just trust yourself. Um, but with something like the whale, it is very like so scaled back and we're in one apartment and it's very tiny there's not a lot of people there and I think I was definitely intimidated by the project itself just because it's Aronofsky it's Brendan Fraser it's A24 but I got there and there was actually a lot of freedom that came with it because you could kind of you know, you could move really wherever you wanted to and it wouldn't like mess up the lighting or, or the shot or what something like you felt like you could maybe like relax into something a little bit more or that the blocking wasn't necessarily set for every scene as we had rehearsed it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely something to gain from each each experience, but they were wildly different. I think I think I needed the juxtaposition of the two for sure. So would you say that Having been on Stranger Things, the, the not that the atmosphere is strict, but there are very strict sort of guidelines because there's all of these different factors, as opposed to being in a smaller space, which is a little bit more freeing because there aren't as many restrictions. I'm just making sure I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, essentially that. But um, I guess for Stranger Things, it depends on the scene. When it's something with a lot of stunt work or visual effects work, there's not much you can do in my experience like there's not much you can change there's only a certain movement or something that'll work for the shot so it can be like a little bit restricting but you know ultimately like it's it needs to look a certain way in the end so it that never I never feel like I'm being too restricted because I know it's like it's all for the best you know at this point we're all we're all kind of used to it but it makes it so fun when we do have a scene where there's no VFX involved, which is rare, but you can have a little bit more fun with it and kind of get the chance to like explore your character a little bit more. I think my favorite scenes in all of Stranger Things are the ones where maybe there's, you know, you're not in another dimension and you're just, I don't know, at at school, you don't get a lot of those, but those are usually my favorite. Right, or you're at the skate rink, you know, just sort of chilling out. Totally, yeah. the thing about like the whale and sort of theater adaptations that go to screen is 
you know, that sort of freedom of movement is like, well, if that doesn't work and you end up over here, that's what works, you know? And did that sort of give you sort of a, a feeling of wanting to do more theater? Theater is so dynamic because it's like when you get out on stage, that's what people are saying. There's no editing. There's none of that there. They're going to see what they're going to see and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's like my favorite feeling in the world too, because it's with theater, it's, you're never really, you never really have to worry about like what something looks like, or can someone see the slight movement that I'm doing in like my, with my eyebrow or something, there's less, less nitpicking, I guess. And that's real life. So it feels, you know, obviously a little bit more authentic and maybe you need to get to one side of the stage for one line, but how you get there like that, that's up to you in the moment. And I think I definitely felt that on the whale, we would start during rehearsals. We would just kind of like start every scene from scratch and Darren wouldn't tell us where to go or anything. He would just want to see it and want to see where our instincts kind of led us. And from whatever thing I decided to do, he'd be like, okay, I, li I liked this, but like try it like ending up here and, and show me how you can end up on this chair instead of going to the back table. And then you would try something different. Or, or at one point we were blocking a scene with, um, with Thomas, Ty's character. And it was the scene where they're seeing each other for the first time. The characters have never met and it's in Charlie's apartment. And I think we had tried it where she just like lets him in. And I think I maybe for the first rehearsal just like sat down and offered him a chair. And Darren was like, okay, try it again. But like go into the kitchen and like make him a drink. Like let's get some action in there. So like there was a lot, there was a lot of playing. And then that version of me making Thomas the like drink, that's what ultimately made it, which I think was so fun. And, and something that like, you never really see that character do. And we never really utilized that space um, at that point in the movie, we didn't really go back there that much. So yeah, the, the rehearsal process and just the blocking process in general, that's something that that I just, I really loved. Um, and you find that more in theater than anything. A lot of time, there's only time for that on the day, especially with the big, big film sets, big TV sets. It feels a little bit more rushed. But with this, we had, you know, the time that we needed to just try every single version of the scene we could until we landed on on the perfect one. That's amazing. And switching gears a little bit, I'm actually curious to know about, I know a lot of people have probably asked you about what it's like to work with Taylor Swift. What I want to know is how did it feel to work on something with Taylor Swift that was deeply personal to her? You know how when people are, you know, for example, when people do biopics and shit and, you know, there's a process of how do I feel about adapting something that is so personal to someone else? And is there a bit of anxiousness that comes with that? Um, I don't know. Does my question make sense? It does. Um, no, I know. I know what you mean. It is. It's. I feel like all of Taylor's writing because I was a I was a fan before I'm a fan now um it's so deeply personal and that's what makes it so special and that's what makes it resonate with so many people out there um and especially that song too it was really beloved by a lot of people 
And me too, even though I've never had an experience like that in my entire life, I'm still like, I still feel it. Like I understand what she's going through because she just writes with such honesty that, you, you know, you can just relate without even relating if that makes any sense at all. Um, but yeah, I think, I think with that, honestly, just knowing her, being so familiar with her music and it, you know, the place that she writes from, that was honestly all that I really needed for that experience to kind of like bring this, this character to life essentially. Cause I feel like I've, I've been like listening to this character for a, a very long time. Um, so yeah, that, that gave me like a, a, a lot of guidance throughout all of that. So I felt, I felt very prepared. A lot of pressure though, because you're, you're, you're bringing it to life. Um, but I don't know, hopefully, hopefully we did it right, I guess. Yeah, and I, do you guys have any plans to work together in the future? I know she's, she's directing some major stuff coming up and you guys seem like great collaborators. So I would think that maybe you guys would link up again in the future. I hope so. Yeah, like I, I read about the the um, searchlight feature that she's doing. I'm so excited for that, and I think like I'm really just inspired by her. How like she, she, if she wants something, she will go after it and she'll work for it and get it. So I think this has been something that she's wanted for a while. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to collaborate with her again. I mean, who wouldn't? I guess right. And what about you? Um, you know, Taylor Swift is, 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 is sort of becoming well-rounded. She's acting, she's directing. What about you? Do you have any desires to produce, write, direct, or are you just like, I'm an actress and I just want to keep it that way, which I wouldn't blame you because. Yeah. I mean, I, right now I'm just like, I'm just going to focus on this one thing, <laughs> right. see what happens um, before I add anything else. But I mean, yeah, you always kind of like, it's I, I honestly I don't even think like a year ahead I just kind of roll with the punches but when I was younger like I really did want to direct and I think as an actor that's something that a lot of us want to do because we work with directors all the time we see what they're doing and of course it's natural to be like oh I wonder like what it would be like if I stepped into that role um but not anytime soon for me I, I just I gotta figure this out first I don't <laughs> We'll like, wait a minute, slow down. I yeah, gotta, I need to slow it down. Yeah, I slow down. I gotta, I gotta, you know, enjoy this and get used to this yeah. first. That's a, that's a really great and honest answer because I think most people are kind of, like you, like you said, most people see that as like the end goal. Like, you know, I'm an actor, but I eventually want to produce and direct. And you're like, let me just get used to this yeah, first. But it's great acting. I like, yeah. I love acting, so I don't, I really don't feel like I need to change anything for now. But right. You know. We'll see. Um, I have two more questions. Uh, is there anything with or about Stranger Things that you can let the audience know, you know, that won't get you in trouble? Oh, let me think. Um, I really, as far as like the plot goes, they really have not told me anything. <laughs> not told me any and we're all asking around too, like, like, hey, like, even like when we're going back to film, like we still don't really know. I'm like, hey, like, has anyone told you when we might be going back to shoot season five? Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know much. I, I know that like, it's probably going to be very emotional given that it's the last um, season ever. So I'm a little nervous as to, I heard that it's, someone told me it's going to be emotional. So I don't know what that means, but I think that was kind of, that's kind of expected, but 
know. We'll see what they come up with. <laughs> and my last question is like, what films have you seen this year that you really like? I'm not going to ask you for your top 10 or anything, but just any films that you've seen this year that have been like really impactful on you or that you really enjoyed um, just as a film lover, you know, not as an actress or whatever, just as Sadie going to the movies. I mean, I feel so bad because like, most of the movies that I've been watching have been on planes, but that's, you know, that's the time that I have to actually see some of uh, this season's films. Um, recently, I watched Triangle of Sadness, which I really, really loved. I thought it was I really so- thought that was really cool too, actually. I hadn't seen it mm-hmm. at Cannes, but I ended up watching it recently. I was like, you know what? I kind of dug it. Yeah, no, I, and like, I felt so mad at myself at the end because I couldn't even come up with an original- uh, like opinion or idea for what it was implying happened. So I like, of course, like have to like look up all the theories online. Um, but yeah, that, that one was super interesting. I also watched, um, what did I see? Oh, I saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies recently. And the reason I bring it up is because it was so like, it was so modern and I don't know. I was just like, wow, that looks like really fun to do, to do that. Um, but yeah, that was the most recent thing that I watched that I liked. I'm looking forward to seeing Tar. That's like my anticipated one. It's a dope movie. Um, a friend of mine is in that and it's really, really good. It's actually in my top 10. I really enjoyed it. Kate Blanchett is I'm excited. a goat. So I think you'll yeah. like that one. Okay, good. Can I make a recommendation? Yes, please. Um, two movies. One is called EO. It's about uh, a donkey. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but it's about a donkey that sort of goes on this European sort of journey. Um, and, and it really sort of is watching this animal being observant about the darkness of mankind and sort of watching the world around it and how people connect to this animal and how this animal connects to the world. The film was only 88 minutes and it was like one of the best films I've seen this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it and animated? Like, is it no, a, or is it's live action? It's a live action donkey. Yeah, live action. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's dark. So just be careful. Oh no. Um, with oh, that I'm excited one. that. That's a, that's a good recommendation. What's the second one? The second one is a French film by Alice Diop called Saint Omer. And that is sort of a film about, it's, it's a film about motherhood, um, about, about mothers connecting with their daughters. And this journalist is sort of covering this case about this woman who had a tragedy in her life and she's on trial for it. And there's some mix of Greek mythology mixed in there with the story of Medea. So it was really, it was really sort of an emotional ride for the hour and 45 minutes. And I think if you're looking for a good character study and good acting, I think you would dig that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good recommendations. I'm gonna write these down. Yeah, EO and what was the second one? EO one. and Saint Omer. Saint Omer. All right, got it. Yeah definitely uh recommend those to you and thank you so much for coming on the scene to scene podcast and just you know being open and you know honest about your experience working on the whale and working and just working in general you you know you really have a really great 
future ahead of you that I foresee. And you're really grounded. And that's such a great trait to have, especially when you're on this crazy train toward award season. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine the, the immense pressure that you would have on that. But yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you have a good time in Europe. Yes, I will. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.